Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show today. And again, I'm so humbled and I just feel so grateful to be able to be on this mic and be able to talk with you. And there's been prayer that's gone into this uh, show today because there is a message. There is something here for you and each and every one of you. So just stay tuned to what we've got to talk about today. I have a special guest and you might not know about any of this and you might know a lot about it. So uh, we're just going to fill you in and get you more educated and knowledgeable to where if you need the services that we're going to talk about, they'll be available to you. So we're going to talk about Pacific Justice Institute, and with me today is Brad Dacus. Hi, Brad. Hello, Sue. He's the president and founder, and he has appeared on America Live, CBS Evening News, CNN, Dateline NBC, Good Morning America, MSNBC, NBC News. News Talk TV and The Today Show, and numerous times on Fox News. I know I've missed some things, so why don't you add to this list? Because that's amazing. Oh, you did a great job. No, that's... no, no. Come on. There was something else. You well, well what I've, was it? If, uh, 14 times on the O'Reilly Factor. Wow. And then uh, and other programs. Uh, and we also have our, our own, uh, we have a radio program called The Dacus Report, and it's on uh, a lot of stations uh, as well. It's a half-hour show on Saturdays usually, so, but, uh, That's yeah. awesome. That's so awesome. And... He, I always say to people is that, you know, we are where we are because of things we've been through. And I'm sure that there's a story behind all of this on how you started and you went to school and you learned different things. And then all of a sudden, God, you know, I probably showed you that you needed to be doing what you're doing now. Yes. Yes. It was interesting because uh, everyone in my family knew that I was going to be a pastor. When I was in third grade and I became a Christian, I wrote my pastor a letter. Uh, it was at the time Dr. Uh, Ted Cole. And of, of First Baptist of Pomona. And I wrote him a letter saying, Dear Pastor, someday I'm going to become a pastor and take your place. And I signed my name. He read at the congregation. Everyone just laughed. And I thought, no, I, I'm going to take his place. Because by the time I get old enough, he's going to be gone. Because he's an old man. He's in his 50s. Mm-hmm. That was old. my that yes. was a third grader. That's a third grader. <laughs> now I'm in my 50s. So I have a different perspective. But uh, as it, fast forward, as things uh, moved on. Uh, in fact, my first case was when I was in third grade. Really? Third grade. Like, how can you have your first case in third grade? Well, sort of a case. I discovered that our elementary school library, Sumner Elementary in Claremont, did not have a Bible. And this is the most important book you can have. This is God's Word. So I says, how do we get a Bible in here? And the librarian says, well, you have to fill out a petition. You have to petition for it. I said, well, do you have a form? So I learned to uh, sign my name that year. So I signed my name, filled it out, petitioned for a Bible, and they brought in a children's living Bible. And that, and that was my first, and I just got carried away after that 
Wow, that's <laughs> so a really special story. I didn't know that. I think yeah. that's a great little story. Yeah, and it's sort of uh, when I became a Christian, that's when the Lord sort of lit the fuse, so to speak, in directing me with a heart of being a protector and an advocate, uh, because I wasn't re- having the Bible for my purpose. I already have a Bible, you know, and but it was uh, it was thinking of the of the kids, protecting them, and uh, and so then when I went on, I got to, to college, I got my degree in finance. Uh, that was, uh, you know, that was great. Uh, but uh, I then had to choose between, after working for Senator Phil Graham, electronic data system, I had to choose between seminary and law school. And everyone, once again, everyone assumed Brad is going to go to seminary. He just, he said, you know, that's what I'm called to do. And everyone knows Brad's going to be a pastor. And I prayed about it and I sought God on it. I sought counsel on it. I read the scriptures. And the more I sought the Lord on this, the stronger and stronger my desire was not to go to seminary, but to go to law school. Stronger than I could rationally explain, hmm. which is what I call a calling, if you will. I, yes. It was beyond my just mere rational ability to just cognitively say, yes, this looks like. So I, I, I said, this is strange. So I called my dad and I, and I said, Dad, I, I, I really feel like God's calling me to go to law school. He goes, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, what does God need a lawyer for? Are you sure, son? So I went to law school. Did some, we got to do some great evangelism at University of Texas Law School, some really neat stuff. Uh, prayed with one guy to receive Christ in the library, in the library. And it was clearly God's hand. And I ended up uh, working for uh, the Rutherford Institute for five years, opened an office in the West Coast. They contracted. And then uh, instead of going back east to be the, um, the, the, the representative for their organization uh, and do all the media work, I decided to follow my passion and my conviction which is to make sure people got help here on the West Coast in particular. So we started Pacific Justice Institute back in 1997, and now we have, uh, fast forward, uh, offices. We have uh, 11 attorneys in uh, one, two, three, four, five, six states, actually serving seven states directly. And then we have uh, so we have more offices than any organization of our kind. We have hundreds of affiliate attorneys all across the United States, and what makes us really unique, uh, Sue, is that we don't just cherry pick cases. We don't just take on the high profile cases that our media marketing department in New York somewhere says that we should do. What we do is we work hard to make sure everyone gets help, that no one is left on the side of the road when it comes to religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. We've lived by that since our beginning, and God has blessed it and honored that. And uh, it's exciting as we move forward in, in uh, making sure everyone gets help. That is so awesome. So uh, when I asked you to be on this show, we've, we've, I don't know how long we've known each other now, and it's interesting how we met. But besides that, uh, I've been to your, um, I don't know what you call it, where you get money from people. Our Celebration of Justice Celebration uh, Gala. Of, yes, it's yeah, going to be October, October 3rd okay. this year at the Grand California Disney Hotel. Yeah, it's a wonderful event. Very nicely done. Uh, food is great. And great speakers. This people, time we have Jesse speakers. Waters. It, yeah. Awesome. It's really, really worth the drive and the time. And, you know, you get to dress up. I love dressing yes. up. Yes. So anyway, um, with all that being said, I was thinking about this. And I was thinking for those that are listening right now, you know, what does this have to do with you? And all I can say here is, is that as a mother, as a business owner, as a uh, 501c3 ministry provider and helper, 
Um, there are times in our lives where we need to have support. We need to have resources. We need to have somewhere where we can make a phone call if we don't know the answer. And this is a great resource, and I think everybody should write it down and, and have it handy because this is for us as believers. You know, we have to fight. We're having to fight right now more than we've ever had to fight. And so to have that strength and that help and support is very helpful, and I thought it would be very timely to have Mr. Brad Dacus here with us with the Pacific Justice Institute just to inform us all on how this can be used. And whether it's you or it's somebody that you know that might be going through a situation, you want to know and give help when you can. So here's an opportunity for you to write it down and have it to where you can get to it. And um, I just wanted you to get to know him on a, a more personal level. And I love your little story so far. That's something I did not know. And I think that's just so cute. How old were you? Third grade? Third grade. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. So can you give us a bigger, I know you kind of did already, the overview of PJI. I've not heard it said PJI. I like Pacific Justice Institute. I just think it sounds better. <laughs> but so, so, you know, the overview is tell us again, what is it that you, your, your ground, like what you, you take care of or you can support is what areas? What did you say? There so, were three areas. Yeah, like, like say, uh, religious freedom. And under religious freedom, we have uh, churches and uh, their rights to, to occupy, overcome zoning restrictions, to, for hiring issues, for ministry, expanding ministry, uh, limitations put by government, restrictions by government, taxes unlawfully put against them. You name it. Um, if it is in any way hindering a church and a, and a ministry doing what they want to do, we go in and help them. Also, parachurch ministries, uh, we help them on many issues. Like, for example, we have bylaws to help uh, parachurch ministries uh, to be able to protect themselves from litigation, from lawsuits being easily set up. We also have these for churches. We have something else also along those lines, uh, which we this is all without charge. All our work is, is without charge. So we also have something called mission preservation policies. You know, Sue, so many churches, and but also especially parachurch ministries, are are wavering. They're changing their doctrine. They're getting new people on their board. They're shifting. We've already seen that happen with the Christian Children's Fund. It's no longer that. It's just the Children's Fund, and it's no longer Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen this happen with YMCA. We've seen this with a, a, a number of universities, for example, Princeton, Harvard, Yale. Uh, their founders would be appalled to see what they have become. Right. Uh, and so this actually helps preserve ministries. And we've put a lot of work into it. ECFA really uh, appreciates this. In fact, now that we have it, we're making it available without charge to ministries all across the United States, along with our uh, protective measures, bylaws. So that's on religious freedom. And uh, in terms of churches, also we have people in the workplace who are fired because of their faith, because of their convictions and their beliefs. And uh, we also go to bat for street preachers. In fact, I'm going to be flying out, and uh, I'm going to be in in, uh, Dallas uh, defending uh, a pastor who is being criminally prosecuted. Now, this is Dallas, Texas, not San Francisco, land of intolerance. This is Dallas, Texas. And he's being prosecuted by the city of Dallas law enforcement, district attorney's office, because he was caught doing something very obscene. He was preaching and sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, on a public sidewalk. That's it. That is why he's being in Dallas, Texas, because it's been taken over. Downtown Dallas, the city of Dallas itself, is blue. 
Same with the city of Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin, and Houston. They are dark blue. They're intolerant. They're discriminatory. And that's why we're having more and more requests for help. I'm licensed, of course, in California. But I'm also licensed in Texas. I never gave up that license when I finished law school there. Just because, just in case something starts happening, well, now I can see why. And now I'm going to have to flout for that one. I've got another case as well that we're uh, taking on in that regard. Uh, So, and then also businesses in terms of their faith. Mm -hmm. The rights of business owners. And that's me um, with my employees is I don't force anything on anyone, but I am pretty vocal about my beliefs and yeah. I talk about biblical principles in the workplace yeah. and I use those and they seem to work really, really well. Those that do well with little get more. Yeah. I mean, simple. It's simple. And it's, um, the to me, it's common those, who, sense. those yeah. that work hard, they get more. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so we, we look at that and, um, that's how we, we gauge things, but we, we let everybody know what the expectations are and hopefully people can meet them. And if not, we try to show them and teach them and coach them. But my beliefs, everybody knows what my beliefs are. Well, plus I have the radio show. So <laughs> that helps. you know, it does. It's, yeah, it's um, kind of goes together. Yeah. Just today, I have to say on the way here, I got a phone call from, uh, one of my employees who he came in this morning, and he's been with me a long, long time, and he's got quite the story. But his mother has been very, very, very ill for a very long time, and he finally had to have a conversation with her when she's not really coherent. She's on morphine, and he just told her that it's okay, Mom, you can go home now. And today, just before I came here, he got the call that she went home. And he's coming. I pull over, take a breath. And then uh, come in, and, and we're giving him the week off, obviously, so he can take care of things. But it's kind of sad, but, um, you know, just something that has to happen. But we pray in my office. I mean, you know, we prayed. Yeah, and, uh, and they and know you. So they, he, know, they know your, your faith. Your, you don't hide your faith. No. So when those times happen. They can come to me. They can come to you. Yeah. And even if they're not necessarily spiritual or religious. Right. When that time, there's a t- time when they, they deal, they're dealing with something and they need God, then boom, you're there. And that's awesome. Yes, it and, is. Uh, and we I have a training video, actually, that, that helps people, really? business owners, on, it's called uh, Faith in Workplaces, a two-part training very... video. It's without charge on our website to help business owners just like you. Okay, um, so business owners, there's something for free. We're always looking for things that we can use to get better at what we do, right? So here you have a resource where um, I did not know this, and I know you, so I... I haven't been to your website, to be honest. Uh, if you're tuning in right now, I just thank you for doing that. And I can just say that it's no coincidence that you're on the radio with us right now. Uh, this is the Sue Free Show. Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I want you to go to my website. Please go there. Please go there and check it out. I have over 10 and a half years of podcasts on there. I have television shows, videos on there talking about uh, the five love languages while I'm writing a unicycle. I've got another one where I get back up again. I'm writing a Harley. And I'm just talking about life events that have happened to me that have has created a new awareness and um, preparation for the next assignment, I always say, is that everything we go through is in prep for our next assignment. Uh, as you're listening to Brad, you know, he's talking about things that he's thought about and he thought he was going into ministry. Well, he is in ministry. It's just not the same turn as everybody thought he was going to do, just like me. I thought I would be in ministry, and I am, but my employees and my company is my ministry. And so we can, we can 
serve God in whatever capacity right where you are, whether you're a mother, stay-at-home mom, you're, you're, you, know, you can touch those that you come in contact with. No matter where you are in your life, bloom where you're planted, and you will make a difference in this world. And that's what we're called to do is to live out our purpose that God created us for. And, and Brad is doing just that. And it's a huge, huge endeavor. And, uh, I, you know, I'd like to know, you know, like how it all began. I mean, you know, yeah, third grade, it began then. But really, how did, how did this come to be where this is like huge? You've got all these attorneys that are in different states and you're, you're building this resource that is so amazing, yeah. that support that's available. And I've heard some of the, um, the, the cases that you've taken on. And there are things, big things, guys, that we've heard on the news. We've heard some of these cases on the news. And it's been Pacific Justice that's been there to protect and support. And it's wonderful that we have you and Pacific Justice to well, help us. Thank you. It's, it's definitely a team. I never forget it. The attorneys we have, every one of them is, is seasoned. The, the most recent attorney we brought on to, to open our office uh, in New York City, serving New York and New Jersey, uh, she actually interned with us 20 years ago. Wow. And now she's seasoned, and we had a position opened. We've heard the cries of people on the East Coast. We couldn't ignore them any longer, especially with the, the COVID and all the churches shut mm-hmm. down and all the, the bullying that's been taking place. And so it was, it was so exciting how God and his providence brings people in. In fact, it was exciting to see specifically how this all worked because one of our, our desires, whenever we open an office, we want to make sure we've got coverage um, that we don't pay for, that, that it is, is out there, that people just hear us and they know we're there. So uh, it was interesting because just two, less than two hours after making the decision to hire her and open the office in New York, I get a call from a radio network in northern New Jersey – serving New York and New Jersey, actually with stations all over, uh, a network saying, yeah, Brad, uh, I just want you, we were such and such network, and we just decided we want to air your your uh, commentary Monday through Friday, Legal Edge, and then your, your half-hour show, Dacus Report. We, we want to air that. And I said, do, do you realize what we just did? To I mean, do you, she goes, no, no, we don't. And I explained to him, and there was just a confirmation yes, of how God sure. comes in when it's needed. We can put our hope and our trust in him. And uh, it's also another little interesting thing is, you know, I want to be a pastor, you know, preach the word. Well, here's the irony. Um, I don't have a, I'm not a pastor. I, I don't have, my skin's not thick enough to deal with being broadsided <laughs> by my members. I just, right. I'm telling I you, this is what you I've are. learned. I agree. You got to have thick skin to be a pastor in my book, in my opinion. But uh, what's interesting though, is I do have a heart for evangelism. I love to share Jesus and I love to preach the, to people who open up that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so God has enabled me to guest preach from the Word, expository from the Word. Right now I'm preaching in 2 Timothy chapter 3 into chapter 4. But the gospel and, and people coming to Christ is a big part of that message. And to see the Holy Spirit move on a Sunday and to see those hands raised of people who just prayed to receive Jesus at the end of the service, I get more joy out of that than suing Planned Parenthood, okay? Now, I get a lot of joy suing Planned Parenthood. <laughs> so, you know, the the, the, the bad guys, you know. Um, but it's it's so exciting to see that. So God, how he wires each of us in a way uniquely for what he wants for us. And some people say, well, uh, you know, Brad, I just, I, you know, I'm just a plumber. You know, I had him come to me, I'm just a plumber. I'm just like, you know, you know I, I wish I could do something really significant. I said, you know, the most significant thing that I do anyone can do, which is sharing your testimony, sharing the hope of Christ in you. That is the most important thing from God's perspective 
which is to be a follower of Jesus and, and, and to disciple others and to lead them to Christ and to disciple them. That is, you know, priority number one. And any of us can do that, no matter how we're recognized by society, our skills, our, our academia, whatever. And that's really freeing when we realize we don't have to measure ourselves by the world standards, but by who we are in Christ. God loves us right where we are. He made us uniquely, and he can use us for his glory, uh, whatever that might be. Amen. That's so awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So we're almost at the halfway mark, and then we've got part two. So uh, I wanted to ask you how in this time, I know that we are, we are promoting that we want to go in and take care of the churches because the bodies aren't there now. And usually for termite and pest control, we never can schedule the termite and pest control work because there's always bodies and appointment, you know, things are going on all the time. But now with the empty buildings, it's a perfect time to take care of all of those pest and termite problems so that when we can come back and worship and, and take care of souls, uh, the building will be available to do so. So what is it you are doing right now during the church shutdowns and whatnot? How are you helping the pastors in those churches yeah, during and, this time? And by the way, I'm glad you, as far as, well, you mentioned as far as termite control and things, this is the time for churches to do those things that yes. they couldn't do when exactly. they have all their members there. This is a no-brainer. Yes, that's right. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe it's remodeling also. Maybe yeah, it's anything you're going to get putting, done. Putting cushions on the pews. If you still have a church that has those hard wooden pews. I mean, yes, it, there you go. Now's the time. It uh, is. So, you're right. You're right. So, um, it, but what we're advising and helping churches with right now, uh, some have already opened. Some are, are still waiting to be open. The church I attend hasn't opened yet. Even though we've given counsel to churches on how they can open, mm-hmm. our pastor does not feel it's it's right, doesn't feel led. Whatever your pastor is, folks, right now, whatever your, your, your church leadership has decided, be supportive of them. This is That's not good, the good time advice. to divide. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. be supportive. And one thing that we're doing to help these churches is we have a checklist, 96-point checklist on how churches can safely and legally reopen their churches. And we've just recently uh, put one together for private schools, private Christian schools that we make available on our website for free. And I think it's going to be very helpful, you know, thinking it through. Uh, they can do what they need to do. A pastor out of Texas, he opened up his church. They weren't doing all that they were supposed to do. And as it turns out, um, he got the virus. He got the COVID. His wife has COVID. Some people in his church may have it. And he just came out and he says, I am sorry. I should have been respectful of this. So now they're quarantining everyone for 14 days. They're moving ahead. They're going to, when they come back, they're going to implement the proper procedures. So it is something churches need to take seriously, and pastors have to take the lead on this. Right. Otherwise, their members will just sort of go, uh, I'm I'm, I'm not going to really, I don't want to stand out and wear a mask if no one else is. Whatever the case is, I'm not going to distance no one else is. I'm going to go and hug everyone else is hugging without a mask. It's really up to the church leadership, and we make it easy for them by giving them this uh, free checklist on how to safely and legally reopen their church or school. That's excellent. And we do need to be responsible. Like you said, and I say, I don't want anybody to get it on my watch. Right. Right. I right. mean, I just, I or don't want to be it. responsible for yeah. that. Yeah. So, so that's really important. Yeah. And there's, there's so many churches out there that have, have opened and are doing the right thing. I would say the massive number out there, they're doing the right thing. They're being responsible. They're being above reproach. Right. Which is what we don't want to give Nero any excuse to blame the burning of Rome on us. Right. That's a little side of history. Got note. You. Okay, got it. Okay. Yes. So we don't want to do that. You know, 
we don't want to make it easy. We want to step up and we want to be above reproach. And uh, we can meet. We have rights to meet. And there's been attack on singing in church. We I was just going to mention that is that, you know, when I was driving in here, I heard about that. Yeah. And that then Governor and, Newsom is saying we can't sing in but church. The, but the truth is, actually, we can. And we can talk about that right when we get back in the second part of the show. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Way to go, Brad. So stay tuned for part two of the Sue Freeze Show. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. Cola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. Listen, if you need termite or pest control, E. Cola is the company. We want to be there to serve, and we are working very diligently and being good stewards with everything that we're doing right now. And uh, we already have the safety equipment and safety precautions. We were doing that long before COVID, and we are essential. So we can come. We can take care of any situation you have regarding termite, pest, rodent, and mosquitoes is a big one, and that's uh, right now. And we've got something new on that that's excellent. So just call us and let us take care of you on those situations. Also, Learning to Breathe book that I wrote regarding asthma, my journey with my son. That book's available on the Sue Freeze, spelled like fries when we're .com. It's available there. And uh, I want to just connect with you. So if you could connect with me there, I would really like that. Tell me what's going on in your life if you need prayer, if you need resources. I don't have all the answers, but I might know somebody that does. I know we all know our Heavenly Father, but um, I'm just saying that if we need resources right here on this earth, I might be able to help you out with that. So just connect with me, would you? And let me help you. Let me help you with what's going on. 
Okay. So we're back with part two, and I have a special guest with us today, and his name is Brad Dacus, and he's the president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. So for part two, welcome back. Great to be on the program. Yes. And uh, on part one, we ended with uh, Governor Newsom saying that we can't sing in church. So I think we should just pick it up there. Yeah. Yeah. So we can sing in church. Yes, you can. And we first heard about this. You know, we don't just say, oh, this must be true. The news, the news reported this. This must be true. No. We do our homework. Our chief counsel, Kevin Snyder, who's out of our Sacramento office, uh, is, is a fantastic uh, attorney, researches this. And we uh, collectively work together as our attorneys to look at this. And I'll tell you, Sue, we discovered that this, uh, this dog does not have a big bite at all. And here's why. It's actually only binding... Uh, for employees, so so let's say if a church has church employees, uh, and say let's say the worship leader is not a volunteer, let's say the worship leader is paid and the pastor is paid, then technically this would prevent them from singing during work, which is during the church service. Now, could they mouth it? They could mouth it, or they could sing, and then it'd be the burden. Of the government to come in and prove that they weren't lip singing, but they were actually singing. And they would have to prove that. Uh-huh. And I don't think any government bureaucrat or law enforcement is that uh, just uh, out of touch with reality that they would waste resources on prosecuting a worship leader for singing and having to prove that they were actually singing and not lip singing. Uh, it would just be very problematic. So the good news, those are the only ones actually impacted. Everyone else Everyone sitting in that church congregation, they're not bound by this. They're not employees. They they and all the volunteers are free to sing to their heart's content. Obviously, there should be adequate safe, you know, space, distancing between them and another family, etc., but they're free to sing. And we're trying to get this information out. We actually have a, a legal opinion letter on this that our uh, chief counsel, Kevin Snyder, put together, and we're making that available to anyone and their church and their pastor uh, to be able to decide for themselves what is safe and reasonable for their church, not the the state, not the government, not Governor Gavin Newsom. That's excellent, and I'm so glad to hear that because I think we need to be singing. We need to be singing very loudly and worshiping our Heavenly Father whenever we can. So I'm thankful to hear that. Yeah, now if someone wants I, to wear I feel really good about that. It's like, oh, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> now, there, there may be people who want to wear a mask sure. in, in the congregation, and they want to sing through their with a mask. They can do that. Others say, we've had enough safe distancing from us, and the other people. we don't need to. So it's, it's really, there's a lot of freedom and grace there for churches and pastors to, to do what God's calling them to do. So, and that's, that's, that's the good news. It is the good news. Out there. It is. So I see that PJI, Pacific Justice Institute, has filed lawsuit against the governors of California, Washington, and Oregon. Why were those lawsuits filed? Well, first, let's start with California. Okay. Actually, the first thing we undertook was actually a criminal defense of a pastor who on April 20th, I believe it was Easter Sunday, uh, decided to go ahead and meet. It's a small church of about 180 people, relatively small. Um, and they had masks. They had safe distancing. They were doing everything that they were supposed to do. 
And instead of even just being warned and have their hands slapped, they were being, Pastor is being criminally prosecuted. He, we're looking at up to six months behind bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, a $1,000 fine potentially for any and every time that they've, they've met. Um, so we're looking at some serious, something serious against this church. You know, they felt called at, to keep meeting. Um, a lot of, many, most churches said, okay, we'll go ahead and grant that space, that time. We'll be team players. Everyone else is shut down. At that time, that's sort of what it was. And so he, we're defending that, that pastor. Of course, things have changed. And now the issue is, which gets into our, our lawsuit, civil lawsuit, is the fact that we have a lot of businesses in places that are no longer shut down. Mm-hmm. But churches are. are, and they're being treated differently. Right. And it is not just barely. It's blatant. So, for example, Calaveras County, uh, that's sort of uh, in the, uh, the Sierras, uh, not too far from, say, Modesto, for example. So they're out there, a little country county, and there's a couple of churches, and they want to have the you know church services there. After all, uh, people can have restaurants and other things and gatherings, and so in fact, there was they were approved to have schools, so they can have s- classrooms and schools with kids sitting there, and you know having having uh, schools in that county. But the churches could not meet. In fact, this one church wanted to have an outdoor service. And the police came and told them, and says, you must not have this service. This is an outdoor service. They had adequate spacing, distancing. But no, this is verboten. This is illegal. You cannot have this. They contacted us. We filed a lawsuit. and says, you can't treat churches differently when you have the same basic fact scenario, just different content, like a classroom, and, a school. Yeah. And in fact, the school was meeting... It was their proof for daily. the schools, yeah, daily, right? Not just for a church service, daily, right? So we filed that lawsuit, and uh, after we filed that lawsuit, uh, things were uh, changed in terms of the the governor's order and the county uh, specifically changed uh, their mandate and allows the, the church to meet. So that was a solid victory. Then we have another one. Yay! Ca- Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we have another one in California. This is, I think it's Alameda County, San Francisco Bay Area, and there was a church, Christian Cathedral. And it's a church and also a private Christian school. Well, the private Christian school portion petitioned the uh, the public health officer to uh, grant and, and recognize that they could have a graduation service for their their graduating seniors. And the county said, "Sure, you can have a graduation service." About, here's the Center for Disease Control limitations and stuff, and abide by these. And they said, "Yes." And then the church said, oh, and by the way, uh, we're going to use these same standard criteria, not just for the graduation service, but also for the church service. They're very similar. You're sitting there. You're listening, singing. The only difference is one is a church service and the other is more academic. And the county said, oh, 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 uh, no, 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 no. We can't we can't let those churches meet. They can't have church services. What was what was the reasoning? Um well, because we don't want churches to meet. And and that was it. So then we can, we right, represented the church on this, and they came back with a letter saying, okay, well, we're not going to allow uh, any services, including graduation services. So their defense was not to do the right thing and be reasonable. Their defense was, okay, we'll just pull back and then not let anyone, and that way we'll, we'll be protected. Well, legally, you can't. Government can't protect themselves uh, by withholding the rights of everyone simply because they find out they can't discriminate and be bigoted against a group over here. 
that doesn't cut it. And courts have said that's that's an that's invalid. If the reason, even if it's neutral on its face, if you can show that the purpose and intent is just because they couldn't discriminate against this other group that would otherwise be protected, in this case, churches and synagogues, it's invalid. So we filed our lawsuit. We sought an injunction. Uh, the judge didn't grant us the injunction. A little frustrating. Uh, we see a lot of. Well, I'll just leave it at that. It's just frustrating. Okay, I want to be respectful for uh, for those who are judges, and as an attorney, I have to uh, sure. engage in tremendous uh, discretion in, in what I say publicly. So, we're we're disappointed. Uh, that said, we are continuing with the litigation, and we intend to take this case all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. Uh, we are it is full scale litigation, and even if things change in California, Sue, even if things get rosy and they say, okay, churches can meet, and you know, everything's wonderful. We're still going to continue with this litigation because there could be another virus it's, next year. Yeah. And we want to make sure. Setting a standard. Yeah. Setting, setting the stage for, for future. Yeah. We so, want to wow. make sure this, this kind of huge. tyranny does not happen again. So that's what we're committed. And that's just the state of California. And that's really huge, though. See, I, had, I did not know all of that. You guys are really fighting in there for our rights, and that's really good. Yeah. So where is PJI? PJI. I, I, I'm going to say Pacific Justice because I ahead. just think it sounds better. That's good. Um, yeah. So so you already talked about where you are on in those California. Law- lawsuits. Okay, and then we have you have things in other states. Also. Yes. Yes, we do. Same type of things or different things? Um, they're a little different. Like, okay. for example, the one in Oregon. Okay. We filed that lawsuit to declare that the governor's order, Katie Brown, her order as governor to shut everything down was invalid. Uh, and we sought a, a judge to grant us an injunction declaring it null and void. Now, this judge was appointed by this governor. Oh, boy. And yet uh, he declared, yes, it is null and void because the 30 days have gone by. She didn't get the three-fifths vote of the state assembly, the state senate, which is what's required in Oregon's constitution. Clear cut. Indisputable. Right there. And the judge called it like it was. Hats off to that judge that he didn't allow other things to get in the way with just looking at the law and enforcing the law. We want an injunction nullifying everything. Then the attorneys, taxpayer-funded attorneys working for the governor's office, uh, immediately got an emergency stay from the state Supreme Court Hmm. to block this. We then argued the case there, and the state Supreme Court said, basically, um, no, the governor pretty much has the ability to do whatever she wants she can pronounce basically whatever she wants, limitations, restrictions, however she sees fit. That is, in essence, what they, what they decided. Totally obliterating any respect for the state constitution, the state laws uh, for the state of Oregon. It is what it is. It's based on the state constitution. We can't appeal that to the U.S. Supreme Court because that was the state constitution. That said, uh, we are in the process of preparing to refile. We already have another church and the reason we're refiling is because in, in Portland, in particular, the, that area, it's phase one. So they're saying churches in phase one, um, you can't have more than 25 people in your church, no matter how big your church is. Oh, but over here, um, or, movie, yeah. movie theaters, uh, restaurants, oh yeah, you can have all these kind of people. They can be meeting there. And, but churches, we're going to treat you differently. And then even in the other phase two, they say, okay, you can only have up to 250 in your church. You may have 5,000 members. Uh, we're going to treat you differently, but we're going to have a different set of standards, more liberal standards for uh, entertainment and rallies and protests and things like that. You look at it on its face. It's bigotry. It's discrimination. And so right now we're looking for another church, one more to add. We, wanna ha- we already have one. 
We're looking for another one, ideally one in Portland that has more than 25 members and uh, maybe a larger church outside of Portland. Uh, if you know of someone in, in Oregon, you know a pastor in Oregon, you're listening to this right now, now's the time. The bell's tolling. Respond and let us have contact with that pastor so we can uh, add them to this litigation that we're preparing to file very soon in the state of Oregon. Wow. This is so wonderful. All this is happening behind the scenes, you know, and it's setting a a new standard because, you know, it's interesting because I don't consider myself a real political person and I try to stay with the heart and, uh, you know, not get on that political train. But with everything that's affecting my business, the welfare of my I have a granddaughter, and I think about her future. I think about our lives and how they were once this and our freedoms. And just we, I think everybody took it for granted to a certain extent. But now, you know, you can't take it for granted because we don't have it like we used to have it. But I think about all that, and, and I didn't realize the role that a governor has because it's never been there, it's never been pushed like it's pushed right now, where the governor has so much power. Right. To where I feel like, you know, the president is saying one thing and the governor is saying something else. And to me, I just didn't realize that that situation of, of who has say over where. And I think a lot of us uh, out there that I think there's a lot of people that can relate to where I am. And it's there's a whole new awareness to all those things that I wasn't aware of before that now we are having to be forced to be more aware of who has control and who who is uh, calling the shots and where we are right now. I was, I think I was in a a fog. I think that I really didn't understand just how much was going on behind the scenes, you know, about, you know, (laughs) dragging the swamp and, and just all the things that have been said. I'm like, what, you know, what's the matter with America? I mean, I thought we had a great America and now it's like, no, we need to make America great again. Well, yeah. If you live in a red state, um, yeah, you have tremendous freedom. <laughs> There's, it's very reasonable. They, they're treating churches along the same lines of, of everyone else in terms of fairness and equal treatment. But if you live in a blue state, which is where we have our offices for mm-hmm. the most part, that's mm-hmm. where we're targeting those blue states, blue cities. Uh, it's a, it's night and day. So it's, uh, what we're having to, to deal with and the, the litigation, you know, like state of Washington, that's another blue state. Let me tell you what's going on there. Uh, you know, the governor was not going to allow people to have drive-in services. And we sent a demand letter to the governor saying, this church wants is, wants to have a drive-in service. He said no. So we sent another letter back saying, we want to just let you know that this church is going to have a drive-in service. Here's the date. Um, here's the time. You're invited. Oh, wow. And <laughs> yes. And because we knew where the law was. And the governor backed down. Didn't send anyone and now it was sort of like, okay, once again, the, you know, the big bad dog doesn't have much of a bite, really. And I think holding them in check when they're abusing their power is so important. And then we have also in state, Washington State right now, we filed another lawsuit. Why? Because, once again, unequal treatment. He, the governor says, okay, movie theaters, 50% occupancy, no problem. Churches, uh, no, uh, 25% occupancy, uh, limitations on the number of people. Much greater restrictions. What's the difference? Biologically, what is the difference? There is no just... You're You're sitting there. You're looking forward. You're, you know... Okay. Laughing. You're laughing. You're watching a show. Yes. You know, it's... There's no difference. Right. So we have filed this lawsuit in Washington State against against the governor. 
And we're going to continue with this litigation, once again, all the way to Supreme Court. I'll tell you, there's uh, there's more than there's at least there's other states. I'll just leave it at that. I can't say mm-hmm. which ones. We're preparing to file similar lawsuits because we don't want to just simply to sit back and say, "Well, this will go by. This will this will pass by." No, we don't want to see this kind of unequal treatment and abuse. Do governors have the right to do things that are necessary in times of emergency for health and safety? Yes, for a limited period of time. But our courts have held in the past and made it very clear that. First Amendment fundamental rights are not put on hold. Um, they're still in effect, and there's a compelling state interest, but that compelling state interest only lasts for a limited time. And now this thing's drawing out, and it's impacting, and what was once an emergency situation has now become the norm in a very uh, unhealthy way for our country. So we're stepping up, we're litigating. And if people want to keep up with our cases... Yes, I was going to ask you to give that yes, information. Yes, I encourage them. Thank, thank you so much, yeah. Sue. Um, I encourage them to go to our website. We have something very special for them. It's our Legal Insider. They can click that button, Legal Insider, and keep up to date with what we're doing. It's a, it's a short email every week, once a week. Not every day, not three times a day. I can't stand that stuff. <laughs> so it's just it's once a week. It's what I want my relatives in Bakersfield to get. So it's uh, once a week. It's short. It's to the point. It lets them know what's going on, what they can pray for. These are things they're not going to hear about in the news. We have 52 cases, as I speak, in active litigation right now. 52. We want people to be aware of that, to pray for our work. And then, of course, if they want to support our work, we greatly appreciate that. Um, And it's tax deductible, and they can do that as well on our website, uh, pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. Or you can do pji.org. That'll get you there, too. Pacific justice.org. I've got to remember that and uh, go there because I want to see what's available to us. I have really enjoyed this. And in my business, there's times when I just feel powerless. And I know that there's a lot of people listening right now that feel pretty powerless. Like everybody else is telling us what we have to do, what we can do, what we cannot do, where we can go, where we don't go, how many people can go into a store and, oh, this store is not open anymore. And, oh, the business that we used to go to is not there. And, oh, I can't go out to eat because the restaurant's closed. Oh, takeout. Yeah, that might still be there, but we better check on that, too. So it's like everything, everywhere we go, every, you know, it's like nothing is really normal. I've been an essential company, and I'm blessed and feel fortunate. But in that comes a lot of um, concerns, too, because I have employees, and they're going to people's homes. And my employees, I want to make sure they're healthy and, and that they stay that way. And my customers, I want to make sure that they feel confident with us being there and uh, taking care of their situation. So... Um, there's people that say, no, I'll, I'll pick up, I'll pick up this when, when things calm down and I lost my job, I don't have any money. So therefore I have to cancel services. So the ripple effect just keeps happening. It's a ripple, 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 ripple. And it's nice that people can go to work and that they can, uh, be able to put food on their table. Yeah. Yeah. It's very serious. It's, it's, it's really hurting so many suicides are increasing. Yes. Depression is increasing. Isolation. Uh, Cancer deaths Mm -hmm. are going to be increasing dramatically Mm -hmm. because of all the people having physical exams. And it's really, I think hopefully one thing we can learn from this is um, that if you only look at just one thing, what, what Dr. Fossey says and what he's looking at, and that's it. Um, there are going to be a lot of casualties that have not been taken into consideration. Economic casualties, family relational casualties, spiritual casualties with the absence of fellowship uh, it takes it takes a toll. And then, of course, medical uh, casualties. 
uh, we're we're looking at some very serious uh, ramifications. The only good thing, which was incidental, was the fact that we've seen a dramatic drop in kids with SIDS, little infants, babies, infants who have sudden infant death syndrome. We've seen a dramatic drop in that. And that's also correlated with a dramatic drop in, in babies having all these massive vaccinations all at once mm-hmm. because of the COVID. So there's a little bit of question mark. Why do we see such a dramatic drop in SIDS? Is there something we're missing? Hopefully we'll learn from that as well. That's really good you brought that up. I have a five-month-old granddaughter, and Mm. uh, they just got on a plane yesterday to go to Montana to see the other side of the family. And the airport, the airlines, you know, they they take the precaution. You have to get your temperature taken. And they, for the five-month-old baby, they wanted to have vaccine records. Well, because of when she was born, she was born February, right before COVID, and we had hesitation on you know, there was like 70 vaccines. And so we're looking at that going, no, we're not going to do that. So which ones do we really need to have? So the mom and dad are doing research. And in the process, then COVID happened. And so she hasn't had the vaccines that maybe she should even have because of this situation. And I have seen on Facebook where there has been vaccinations where the child has actually died. So it's kind of a scary situation. Very scary. And knowing what to do and what not to do. And this now uh, vaccine for this this virus, you know, it's like, oh, boy, there's just so much going on. And, and talk about the chip and not oh. being able to get your driver's license without a chip. I mean, I'm like, what? What's next? What's next? It's, <laughs> it's a good question. People are asking it. Yes. And we need to be a part of the answer as we uh, go to the polls and vote this November. I think we now see what happens when you compare a red state and a blue state. One has freedom and liberty. The other one has oppression. And we need to remember that. We do need to be smart, be smart. So until next week, be a blessing to someone each and every day. And Brad, we need to have you back. Will you come back? I will. Okay. Thank Thank you. you so much. Thank you. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli termite and pest control services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way. And their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.